Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway, all that way to make your journey at least a little bit easier. Now, uh, before I fully dive into stuff, uh, two things. Number one, uh, if you haven't already subscribed, I would love to invite you to do so. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you already did, and thank you if you just did right now. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. Secondly, uh, this is a vlog from the road. Um, I've got a bit of driving to do, and so, you know, I figured why not do an episode from the road? I did one a while ago. Like, it's been quite a while. It was, in fact, last year. Kind of, eh, it was in October, but kind of around the same time when I went to Vegas for a screening of my second feature film, A Bogota Trip. And, uh, you know, figured I'd do one now. Not because it's anything special or anything like that, but, uh, you know, with my vlogs, I try to be detailed and things of that nature. And sometimes, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll get into all the things, but, you know, life's been a little bit busy. And so, you know, to record like a half an hour um, or, you know, sometimes longer for a vlog, you know, that, that, that's that's time and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I've been putting out sort of more shorter lessons uh, these past couple of weeks, you know, like five to 10 minutes. Um, and plus, you know, I, I felt uh, that perhaps kind of everything going on, you know, um, wouldn't be as interesting and I'd rather add more value to people by, uh, you know, honing in on specifics that may be more benefit to them and, and things like that. But anyway, so you know, here I am on the road and you know, one of the things that I thought about initially, um, just as a, a random thought as one has when they're driving is I'm in a place in life where the things that I kind of consume, whether it's movies, TV shows, music, books, and that includes fiction and nonfiction, I can just appreciate them for what they do. Like, I don't need it to be revelatory, especially with nonfiction, I would say, because... I think so many people fall into the nonfiction trap, specifically with self-help, where they're like, I need to become better and better. And they, they you know, pursue that, that, that thing. And it's not that it's a negative, but it can be debilitating because when you're looking for new information, you might start to find uh, various parts boring, right? Whereas, not saying I know everything, not by any stretch of the imagination. However, I am lucky and I have put in the time to know many things and start to see, you know, various patterns and just art in general of themes and, and things like that. And so, you know, even when things are similar enough, as long as they're told well, then I just appreciate that regardless of how similar it may be to other works of art, right? And I, I put nonfiction stuff as works of art as well. 
uh, just because it focuses on, you know, quote unquote, more real stuff doesn't make it any better or worse. In fact, certainly there's an argument to be made that uh, fictional art, you know, movies, TV shows, stuff like that, uh, you know, require someone to to understand the truth of humanity and stuff like that, right? But anyway, that you know, thought I'd just kind of share that as an overall, because I think too oftentimes, you know, it, it can be we we can like when we when we read something or watch something, it, especially as artists trying to you know progress ourselves, it can start to become a chore, and, and we lose the love a little bit of it. Whereas, you know, I don't I don't necessarily know what it is. I, I don't know what to attribute it to, but. I just had that mental shift of, you know what? I'm enjoying this. And yeah, that, that, that means something. So switching gears, the reason why, you know, I've kind of been busy and haven't posted uh, many vlogs was because a lot of my time essentially has been getting split into work training my foster dog and then also helping that foster dog diamond try to get adopted now you might be wondering wait didn't you have a foster dog named diamond what and wasn't she adopted so you're correct and that was supposed to happen um you know at the just for quick context if you're unfamiliar so before the 4th of July weekend, uh, there was an emergency four-day foster program that the LA County shelters were essentially begging people to be a part of because of overcrowding in the shelters and overcrowding um, leads to euthanasia. And you know, because of the 4th of July weekend in particular, you know, with the fireworks and things like that, dogs can get loose, end up in the shelter. And so, you know, they, they were just looking for some relief so that way they could have space to be able to return, um, you know, dogs that were owned by somebody, right? And so I had done that and was assigned to Diamond in this wonderful 50-pound tan German Shepherd mix. And when the four days were up, you know, obviously I didn't have the heart to, like, um, give her up. And so... You know, in my mind, I was like, well, I'll, I'll take care of her until I find her a uh, forever home. And, you know, that's a very nebulous thing. I, I've not really been through that process, not where the, the adoptive family wasn't already kind of pre-lined up. So that way it's like, hey, can you take care of this dog for a week before it goes to its forever home? It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is this has been a sort of newer experience. And. To that effect, you know, I thought I had found somebody um, and she was technically adopted August 15th. However, um, what quickly came to light was that the person uh, was not somebody that really wanted a dog. Um, they wanted sort of, they liked the idea of a dog, but not having a dog. And so they just complained about little things that, you know, any, any dog owner would just laugh at of like, wait, what are we talking about? 
Because it's not like, you know, the, 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 the person called me up and said like, hey, this, the dog destroyed my house, you know, bit somebody, stuff like that. Then, you know, that's a conversation. Um, and even then, like certainly a dog's behavior can be adjusted, right? Um, and that can be worked with. Um, seemingly impossible situations can always have solutions. But we were talking about anything like that. We were just talking about, you know, she pulls on the leash. It's like, okay, that's a very common dog problem. There's, if you Google solutions, there's tons of solutions. Um, furthermore, you know, Diamond was <laughs> less than like two days into it. And, you know, you're expecting to have command of her. Meanwhile, you brought her to a very sensory overload place, you know, like, like downtown where there's tons of restaurants with food. So she's smelling food. There's other dogs. There's tons of people. So of course she's not going to listen to you. Not on day two, you know, where she doesn't even know you. It's a, it's a completely new environment in terms of with the person and um, where she's being brought. So, you know, it's just unrealistic expectations ultimately. Anyway, long story short, um, uh, she was surrendered. And so I, I picked her back up uh, immediately. And so now she's back in my care. And, you know, um, I could tell that this person had just completely, again, unrealistic expectations. I'm trying to think of a better wording for it, but we'll just go with that. Where, you know, when they called me like, hey, um, um, I'm going to return her to where she came. I'm like, it's not a blanket that you're returning to Target. She didn't come from the shelter. And what you're doing, you're not returning her. You're, you're surrendering her. And when I met the person there, you know, I turned to the employee. I was like, if I wasn't here to pick her up, what would happen? And they're like, well, we're overcrowded and she's over owner surrendered. So she'd probably be put down in like a day or two. I was like, does that mean nothing to you? Um, and I wasn't trying to make the person feel bad. But I, I, what I wanted was, you know, I told them, that diamond has a big safety net and she'll be fine. But I told the person, please don't do this to another animal. Like if you seriously want to get a dog, know what you're signing up for. You know, it's a commitment for that dog's life. Just like we say in marriage, it, it, in sickness and in health and all that stuff, right? Whether or not that resonated and, and, and stuck, I don't know. I'll never know. But, you know, I, I really hope that it does. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, Diamond's been back in my care. Um, and we're looking. And that's why a couple weeks ago I posted this little five-minute video to showcase her personality. And that was sort of my big thing with all this was like, okay, well, let's Let's circle the wagon, so to speak, and come up with, like, I'm, I'm creative, right? So let's put this creativity towards finding her a good forever home. And at that point, you know, I'd had her for over a month. So it's like, okay, I've got enough photos and, and video to make something. Sure, I could use more, um, but I can, you know, I'll film that, I'll focus on that and put something together because I can really showcase her, right? And... That's what I did, right? I, I focused on that and I wrote it. I wrote this like little script from her perspective that I could use as just a post on Facebook and have it be um, through the written word. 
But then also I had this video and the video I knew, you know, I can kind of mix and match it where I can, you know, I haven't done it yet, but I can create a 30 second version. I can create a 60 second version, right? Like it can be cut down off of the five minutes um, ultimately. So, but I, but I knew like, let me start with the five minute video and then, you know, I, I can always trim it down. So I did that and, you know, my, my guiding light there has been have more people post or new leads. Like those, those are the benchmarks. Those are the milestones that I'm looking for as far as getting her out there. And to some degree, you know, it's been successful in that way. And I've been reaching out to various people to, to help promote her. And like, you know, it's, it's a newer experience in that, you know, I could dedicate 20 hours a day to trying to promote her in the right ways. And it doesn't necessarily have to yield results, right? Um, that's the sort of frustrating aspect that I've had to sort of make my peace with. But as long as, you know, that's why I mentioned the first one, as long as people and specifically new people are sharing her, then, then we're making some progress, right? And, you know, Nextdoor seems to be a platform that at least gets the most traction, the most interaction. And so that's been really helpful so far. Uh, nothing in terms of that. But, you know, slowly but surely, there has been movement. I mean, I've, I've spoken with a few people um, that... I'm not going to say, like, were interested. I, th I think it was like they were trying to help out... Um, you know, like, hey, they saw that post and they're like, okay, hey, you know, like I can take her for a little bit, you know, it can be more of a longer term home for her. And given the past situation, you know, I'd interview them and stuff like that. And it's nothing against them. It's just, you know, when something's a, a good fit versus not. And so, you know, this time around, I'm much more protective of diamond and don't want to put her in a negative situation. And so, yeah, you know, um, if something just because it might be convenient for me or something like that, I'm like, you know what? No. Um, so, and part of sort of part of my, new wave of getting her out there was to also define, okay, well, what, what is the ideal forever family look like? You know, and for, I mean, for me, I identified it as a young couple that's very active um, and one that would have a dog. Now, of course, is that a requirement? No, um, they don't. And in fact, there is a young couple that overall fits that description. They just don't have dogs at the moment. So this would be their first one. And so we're kind of talking things like that. Um, and so right now, um, things seem to be progressing, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to continue that search just because, you know, things could of course fall through for any number of reasons, you know? So the search essentially in that way continues, but, um, but yeah, as far as 
you know, her, that's been one half of it. And then the other half of it has just been continuing to, to work with her and train her, you know, while she is under my stewardship, it's giving her that quality of life, keeping her entertained and also working towards making her more adoptable, right? So continuing to work with her trainer, um, continuing to work with me as the homework stuff and, and things of that nature. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're slowly but surely continuing that and she's progressing and, you know, she's always been a good learner, but, you know, unlike with that initial person that she ended up with, just, it takes time and anything, <laughs> you know, we, we have such unrealistic expectations for others and even for ourselves of, you know, imagine if like, you know, you picked up something that was extremely difficult, um, you know, like let's say a new sport and all of a sudden like you expect to be good at it and now, but you're frustrated because you're not. It's like, well, give yourself some credit. Like it can be a hard sport, right? Every sport requires a lot. doesn't matter what it is. And just because you're not good at it right away, doesn't make you terrible at it. Just means you might have to practice at it <laughs> to, to, to get better. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind of, of all things, you know? So, you know, that's kind of one, certainly one of the things that's been going on. Uh, and then once I did establish an overall routine with, with Diamond again and, and kind of found my rhythm of life, then I was able to also focus back on to the creative stuff. And not necessarily like tons of hours, but, um, you know, getting back into it and just making slow, but sure progress. So the, the biggest thing for me has been wanting to, <coughs> excuse me, finish up this script that I've been writing for my third film. And it's just been, it's just been taking a while. I mean, it's very if you've been following me, you know that's very, very ambitious in terms of its scope. Um, it needs to be intricately weaved together and things of that nature. And, you know, I was, I was making really good progress um, this past week. I was literally writing um, about an hour a day at the top. You know, I would walk Diamond and then I would just kind of before the workday really began, I was like, you know what, let me just do this as the first thing so nothing can interrupt me. So I would spend an hour writing and, you know, sometimes I could get through like three, four, maybe even five pages of the time. Like if I got half a page, <laughs> that was good. Right. Uh, and I was, as I was going, plot holes became apparent questions began to arise of, you know, where it was headed, what's been on the page and, you know, this is the fine line that I struggle with as a writer, because as I, you know, say oftentimes, uh, you got to just get through the bad writing because you can always revise what's there, but you can't revise nothing. And so, excuse me, I was, I was forcing myself uh, to, um, to, uh, to just get through all this uh, writing. 
And I was really trying to just get to the end and make it happen. The thing of it was more and more kept arising. And I was like, you know what? I need to... So, like, I got to page 120 of the script, which, um, you know, usually should mark the end because most scripts, especially spec scripts, certainly uh, should be like 90 to 120 pages. And each page, the page count represents minutes, right? So 90 page script equals about a 90 minute uh, movie, 120 equals a two hour movie. But I still had a long ways to go with mine in terms of the plot. So what I thought would be beneficial for me was to get a more macro view. And because I, I, I knew various you know ideas kept popping up of how to tighten up things earlier. And I had been marking the script for uh, my revision to go back and revise it, you know, just the ideas and stuff like that while I kept going. I was like, you know what? Let me just go back. And I'm literally going back to uh, the, the outline itself to get a more macro view of everything, but also making everything cleaner. And so in the past day and a half, I've literally refocused on that. And I started off with, there's kind of various elements to the script whether mystical or technological, that I just kind of defined those things in like four sentences. So I knew exactly what they were and I could define essentially the rules of you know certain aspects. And then I focused on the characters. So I did essentially character briefs. So two to four paragraphs tops about each character's, each main character's history. So that way I can always refer to it and I can, you know, I, I polished it up for myself. And to be honest, it was just good to refresh my memory of, you know, the perspective of each of these characters. Because, you know, in the past like month, I, I've been so in the minutia of just, each of these scenes that to take the step back allows a new perspective and lets me see of uh, what, what they would think and how they would respond in these various situations that I've been working so hard to progress. So I did that. And now I'm in act one of the outline phase. So I'm literally like beat by beat. As far as the story is concerned, I'm going in and writing the outline again and incorporating the script, you know, like as, as, as things are, while also any notes and adjustments that I have, I think about, okay, you know, this is a plot hole and why isn't it making sense? Well, how can I make it make sense in a way that's, you know, in line with the characters and so forth. And so far that's been really productive for me. So it continues to be part of this project's two steps forward, one step back uh, progress, but, uh, you know, and that's been really beneficial. So I, I, I like where it's headed for this coming week. I've given myself the task of, let me get through this outline. 
And that'll really help me because when I look back on it, the, and by the way, just in general, um, I always do create an outline and uh, it always helps me to write the first draft, right? And so with this particular project, the outline that I had, it tremendously helped me write that first draft because I knew where I was headed with each particular scene. I didn't have to worry about the macro, I could worry about the micro. Uh, the problem was that the outline, the last version of an outline versus like where the story is now, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, it's not totally, totally, like the core of it, of course, remains there. But as far as the motivations and what's happening, it's it's really night and day. And so I had to shift that. And so this will help me, you know, after this week or, you know, maybe I can get the outline done sooner. Who knows? But uh, the idea would be once I have this outline, then I can dive into the script a lot easier because I've worked out the macro side of where things should be going. Right. And I know, you know, I, I give myself um, reminders of like what is what is really important and what is this scene about. Right. That way I'm not having to find it as I'm writing. So I'm really looking forward to that and believe that it will help progress things forward. Um, the other thing that has been very uh, beneficial for me is um, I've been utilizing chat GPT just to clean up uh, my sentences. So, you know, with my character briefs and even with the outline and, and, and things of that nature, I have all this stuff written and I'll kind of just really write it sloppily and I'll literally throw it into chat GPT and say, hey, can you clean this up? Can you compress it? Can you clarify it and make it flow better? And then it does its thing. And, you know, I take that and it's not perfect, right? Like it's still a back and forth where very much, you know, I'll, t I'll take it and sometimes it'll change the intent of what I'm trying to say. Um, and I'll have to kind of revise it, right? Or sometimes it'll use words that no human, I mean, they make sense, but why would you use that word? It's just being um, over conflated for no reason. And so I kind of, you know, I might do this like back and forth where I'll revise what it types and then I'll throw it back in again and say, okay, hey, clarify this, um, you know, polish this up again, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, you know, get to a place where it works. Now, I'm also utilizing this because, you know, this is stuff that ultimately, apart from like the character briefs, you know, no one's really going to necessarily need to see um, or things like that. Like it, it gets me, it gets me close enough where <laughs> it reads well for my own purposes, right? It's not necessarily anything that I would like even use as pitch material quite yet. Like I would, I would really go back in and polish that up. But for my purposes of being able to track my own outline so that way I can write a draft and, and read character bios, it works enough, right? And the key to all of this is I'm feeding it my words, my intent, my information. And even still, as I said, it sometimes changes the intent off of it. And so that's why I need to continue 
you know, I can't just copy and paste it back in. I need to like revise it and stuff like that um, and so forth. But it has been useful because, you know, it just it just allows me to get thoughts down on paper in this way. And for me to le- worry less about the grammar, sentence structure and so forth, because it can help me out with that. Um, again, far from still being perfect, but at least like a lot better than, you know, I'm coming up with in that moment. So that's been a way that I've been using ChatGPT to help expedite my process. Um, The other thing as far as this project is concerned is the character animations. We've done all the main characters. Now we're focused on um, other characters involved in the script and the ones that uh, I know will remain. And so it's been fun. And these are sort of more fantastical um, characters. So it's been fun to see these come to life. And so far we've got three quote unquote done. And I say quote unquote, because, you know, inevitably while we're like signed off on on this version as the script evolves and things like that, and things come to fruition, they'll, they'll, they'll of course be changes, but at least like we're at a level where we're close enough with these designs that it's like, okay, we don't need to tinker for the sake of tinkering. And I just got a draft of, um, Character number four, Um, I'm gonna have some revisions for that and can't wait to see that come in and then character number five and that'll complete uh, this stage of the character designs. And I'll probably hold off until after this draft of the, you know, until I have a new draft of the script. (coughs) So we can all go uh, look back and reassess of, okay, how do we wanna approach this? You know, what's working? What do we wanna elevate, yada, yada. So that's been really exciting. Um, the other thing that, uh, you know, shifting gears out of the creative, um, it's it's been good. I, I've kind of reorganized and upgraded my apartment. I got a new sound system, uh, bigger TV, um, kind of switched up how the room looks and just kind of creating better feng shui overall. And um, that's also, in a way made Diamond com- comfortable because now she feels like, I don't know, maybe she was a part of it or something like that. Um, but it's certainly been good for me because, you know, as I spend time with her, like I, you know, I, I watch movies and TV shows at home and um, it's a big difference to have a 5.1 surround system versus just, you know, your, your, your TV speakers and things like that. And you know, I'm, I'm at the phase, like, I still love going to the movies, but if I'm going to watch something at home, I want to enjoy it. And so, you know, I made those upgrades and um, it's been really fun. Now, the frustrating part was that for some reason, I don't know, Mercury, Mercury's in retrograde or some, some, something, but no technology was working. Like the printer stopped working. Uh, the TV kept making like a, a flashing and then made a crackling sound. And I thought maybe it was because of the sound bar and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't. And I've actually posted a video about that. Um, but long story short, it ended up being the HDMI cable. So got that all resolved. So, you know, slowly but surely making all these things happen. And, you know, isn't it frustrating when technology that like seems so simple is supposed to work, but isn't? You know, I remember with the printer in particular, like it literally took me 
an hour and a half to two hours to like fix. And I, I'd watched all these videos and, you know, searched the forums, chatted with people. And they're like, you're just supposed to do this. I'm like, I know I've been doing that and it's not working. Like, okay, well unplug it and I'll unplug it back in. I'm like, been there, done that, you know? And so in a way it's, it's interesting how we have, we've tried, we've simplified like these consumer products and yet the simplicity of that doesn't always work. Be very frustrating in that respect. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good to you know now that things are finally back to working, then you know it's it's been really good. Now I get to enjoy it, so that's fun. Um, the last thing I sort of want to mention uh, is my friend um, Megan Lynn reached out a, a couple of weeks ago to me because she's. Um, she has a role in this short film that I shot a while ago, in fact, um, last November. And, you know, it's something that just because of life and all this other stuff, just, <coughs> excuse me, has been put on the back burner. She had essentially called and was asking, you know, what's the status of it? And she was very respectful. Of course, you know, I, I told her like, hey, admittedly, you know, uh, life's just kind of gotten in the way. And also if I'm being honest, a little bit of laziness on my part, you know, and I apologize. I said, you yeah, know, no, 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 not a problem. Just, uh, she, she thought about it, was curious. And, uh, you know, certainly it's always great to hear from people involved on projects and, um, you know, check in with you and be kind and courteous about it. And uh, certainly Megan is someone I really respect and, uh, is doing a ton of great work and stuff like that. And so you want to do right by those people. And, so we'll see, you know, I, as I said, I mean, a lot, lot's still kind of going on. Um, there's a lot with work kind of happening just in terms of, let's say, call it capacity. And as I said, you know, a lot of time and effort has been going into uh, Diamond, uh, both on the training front as well as finding her uh, forever home. So it's just been a lot, you know, um, but uh, certainly it is my intention to go back to that short film, finalize it. Um, it's also why I don't love to start new projects, um, until I can, you know, finish off some of the other ones. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, once that project's done, like then I'll just be fo solely focused on, you know, what I've got, which is the, the script that I'm working on, uh, uh filmmaking how to book that's been, uh, progressing thanks to, uh, I have a ghostwriter who's taking all the transcripts of each of the chapters and polishing that up. Um, you know, so there's that. And on the back burner for me a little bit has been uh, my second novel, but slowly but surely, um, you know, every couple of months I make some progress on that. Um, once I, once I get this script done for the movie, then I can, I feel like, uh, a lot of mental creative capacity can go into the novel because, um, what will be needed next as far as the script will be require something different, right? Um, I won't, have to be writing two things at the same time so you know uh yeah that's kind of where i'm at um speaking of megan uh she went to vegas recently and she was looking for recommendations from all her friends you know of what to do and you know i asked her do you like magic and she said yeah i love magic and i was like go see david copperfield and i even gave her um advice I, I said listen you know there's two showings go uh go to the first one We'll get there like 20 minutes before the show's supposed to start. And, um, you know, uh, that way, like, you, you might be able to even get, like, 
pretty much like front row seat for relatively cheap because they're just trying to sell out uh, the tickets. And if you end up missing that one, then, you know, you can just book your ticket for the, for the second showing and just enjoy that, you know? Um, and yeah, it worked out for her. She got to see it. And, uh, you know, I saw her post about it. She said it was such a wonderful time, uh, magical pun intended, uh, maybe not by her, but certainly by me. And that's awesome. You know, um, I, I have a lot of respect for David Copperfield in terms of what he does. And, you know, I, I, I love him as a magician and what, like his Vegas show I've seen before. And, um, yeah, it's it just kind of what I like about it. It's not just like these tricks, but he, you know, he weaves a story with it and it gets very emotional. And so certainly the Vegas one tells a wonderful story and, you know, a little bit cheesy. Sure. You can argue, but at the same time, um, I think well done. And knowing Megan, I knew she would enjoy it. Now, you know, what does this have to do with you? Well, if you're ever in Vegas, it is my highest recommend and you do like magic. It is my highest recommendation that you see David Copperfield, even if you don't necessarily love magic, like, you know, if you're in, ambivalent to, uh, you know, just that in general. I, I think if you like seeing good performances and um, enjoy, I don't know, theater or, or things of that uh, nature, I think you'll get a lot out of David Copperfield. So that would be my recommendation for you. Anyway, that's kind of what I have for you overall. I mean, certainly there's other aspects to life and things of that nature, but um, as far as the top line items that I think are worth sharing, um, these are it. Um, in the coming weeks, I hope to also just kind of po polish up uh, my Patreon page. Um, you know, it continues to be uh, fun there to interact with uh, the patrons and, and help out various people more directly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of uh, the long and short of it. As always, comment down below or hit me up on social media with any thoughts, questions, whether about any of the stuff that I shared or anything that you would love me to talk about um, in future episodes, you know, happy to do that, take recommendations. And my goal always is to provide information and be of value to you. And if you do truly enjoy what I do and think you might benefit from more direct interaction, that's what the Patreon page is for, patreon.com slash tech. So um, check that out. <coughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this drive. And I hope to see you next time.